Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Tiger Woods Show right here on the Believe Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. What is up? Cam Rogers with you. I'm alongside Bridget Whalen as always. Happy first week of February. Happy Super Bowl week. The Chiefs taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers down there in Tampa this week. It should be an exciting matchup, but also we have the Waste Management Phoenix Open which always coincides with Super Bowl week, it seems. So a fun week in the sporting world. And we're here for you on the Tiger Woods show. Hit us up on social media. I am on Twitter at Mr. Rogers 99 and on Instagram at Mr. Rogers 98. You can follow Bridget on Twitter and the gram at Bridget K. Whalen. I mentioned the Super Bowl. And yes, it is coming, and you can get in on the action at betonline.ag. Tampa Bay, the first team in history to play for the title on their home field, is currently a three-and-a-half-point underdog against the Kansas City Chiefs looking for back-to-back titles for the first time in almost two decades. The last team to do it, by the way, Tom Brady's old team, the Patriots. BetOnline has hundreds of props on the game, including game MVP, margin of victory, and even the length of the national anthem. So be sure to check them out at betonline.ag today. Throw some cash down, and there's no better place. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Sponsors here on the Tiger Woods Show. All right, so one big topic on this program today, a small topic, and then we'll get to the Waste Management Phoenix Open. I hope you all, by the way, have had an honest start to your week because somebody by the name of Patrick Reed did not. Yes, he won the Farmers Insurance Open by the largest margin of victory since 2008, but with a major asterisk next to it if you want to go that route. Now, I'm sure you guys all know the story by now. You're listening to this podcast. You most certainly watch golf at least on a weekly basis, you would think, perhaps every single day. Here's the deal. I'm not going to get through all of the intricacies of what happened. You can check that out on the articles and the highlights and what have you. But here is the bottom line with the Farmers Insurance Open. Patrick Reed cheated his way to victory point blank. There is no other way to go about it. It was perhaps out of ignorance or perhaps it was known cheating. Uh, But either way, cheating is cheating. It's almost like when you, quote, unquote, break the law, but you didn't know it was against the law. Okay, ignorance to the law doesn't mean you won't get arrested, all right? doesn't mean Patrick Reed isn't a cheater in this situation because he is. Per the video evidence, the ball clearly bounced. We all know this. It is in plain sight, in high definition. It's 2021 for crying out loud. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The ball bounced. It was not embedded. Yes, Reed didn't have the luxury of video evidence. And even the volunteer said... He didn't see the ball bounce, but that doesn't mean it didn't bounce. It just means the volunteer just didn't know. So Reed is acting based off that information, 
figured he was in the clear to take the drop. The rules official on hand was compliant in that fact, mistake as well on his part. So Reed, in essence, got away with, I guess, a loophole by the way of perhaps a rules official not properly questioning Reed more than he should have. So there are two ways to look at this. A, Reed got lucky because he didn't get questioned. And then B, Reed either knowingly or out of ignorance improved his ball position when other tour players out there are saying that 99% of the PGA Tour players would have kept that ball there and waited for a rules official. Regardless of the fine-tuned details, Bridget Whalen, Patrick Reed cheated. He won, but he cheated his way there. And it doesn't matter if he didn't know or he did know. That's the bottom line. Do I care all that much uh, about the social media whirlwind out there? You guys can check my tweets. I didn't make one tweet about it. I really don't care. But at the end of the day, that's the fact. He cheated. (laughs) Hi, Cam. (laughs) So there you go. I have a totally different perspective on everything that you just said. (laughs) I had a feeling. That's why I wanted to say my thing. And now I have it for you. Uh, to say so I, um, here's the thing, whether he cheated or not is really not, it's a moot point at, at this state of the saga, if you want to call it. Um, my whole overarching takeaway from what happened on Saturday and then was rehashed on Sunday is that the rules in golf are meant to be abided by in a gentleman gentleman fashion. I know that ladies play the game as well, but that's just like a moniker for, for the type of honesty that you're supposed to uphold when you play the game. Rules are supposed to be applied unbiasedly. Um, they sort of act as these, this is the blueprint for how we operate around the course. So the thing is, that's all fine and good. I think that Patrick Reed actually did everything right. I agree with that. And and the reason I agree with that is because in 2019, it was said that you do not have to ask your your fellow playing competitors to check out the lie. Rory did not on 18 on Saturday as well. I know that from a a well-known burner account that was sort of harped on. And while I'm not going to harp on it, I am going to say that that is a very good point. That yes, Rory also took relief without even having a rules official sort of investigate this this situation. Now, I know you mentioned a lot of players said that they would never pick up the ball. And that's fine. And, And that's their prerogative. The thing is, you are allowed to pick up the ball. And you are allowed to declare it a embedded ball. And you are allowed to take relief without even having to bring anyone in. The fact that Patrick Reed brought in Brad Fable... At a weird point, this is where, so here's where I'm going to say whether he cheated or not, I'm sort of over how he handled the situation was all wrong. And if he wanted to change the optics, the perception of who he is, then he wouldn't have operated in the manner that he did. But to be honest, I really don't think he cares because he, he still won by a very large margin. He slept well that night. I'm sure nothing really bothers him in the sense of character out on the course. My thing is how he went about it. So going back to bringing in Brad Fable at the point where your ball is already removed from its pitch mark. 
And now you're going to bring in a rules official to question, hey, is this ball embedded? Well, one, Patrick, your ball isn't there. So I don't know. You moved I, it. Yeah, like I can't tell. If, if I was Brad Fable and I know he's been in the rules for 20 plus years, I understand he is a very learned man in the game of golf. He played like I understand. I get it. It's just if you're dealing with anyone, I'm not just singling out Patrick. I think if you're dealing with anyone, you have to come from an honest POV. And it, to to declare a ball embedded, the ball has to be in its pitch mark, period, the end. So if you're going to feel a lip or you're going to feel, hey, did this ball break ground? Did it break the surface? Cool. Great. Does that mean that that's where your ball was? No. Does that mean that that's actually led to that actually led to an embedded ball? Also no. So I think that that whole situation optically, unfortunately, looked really, really bad. And the fact that it was Patrick Reed, it added gasoline to the fire, a lot of gasoline. The other thing that I really didn't like was the way he handled the ball. And I know that this was discussed by Brandall on Golf Central, and I think he really nailed the point in where he said, any golfer that I have ever seen manually handling the ball, they hold it with two fingers and they make it very apparent the ball, what's going on with the ball. Like I'm holding this ball away from my body. Patrick Reed, he did kind of palm the ball he it was just weird how he was handling the ball like I honestly do not play golf we all know that I've stated that multiple times I do know you do not touch the ball you play it as it lies that's how that's the game of golf you you find the course how you find it you hit the ball you find the ball how you find it I understand there's an embedded ball rule I get it totally get it but if you're going to abide by these rules, there has to be some level of transparency when you're manhandling the ball. It, it, was, it was really like uncomfortable for me to watch. My whole like overarching, I'm going to just put this in bed gate to bed, is that whether he cheated or not really isn't my, it, it's not my point of concern. My point of concern now is moving forward. How are we going to avoid situations like this? where there is plausibility, possibility within the guidelines of the rules for there to be non-transparent actions. That I totally think needs to be rectified, or I think there needs to be some sort of knowledge delivered that like, hey, this is how you go about this, but hey, this is like how we should be going about this. Like, I really don't think there is a lot of um, wiggle room here. And I understand that Xander and Lonto Griffin and Tony Finau, they stated, you know, maybe he did everything right. Just the way he did it was a little strange. And it makes it worse because it's coming from a guy who really doesn't have the best track record. And that's just the facts. That, that's not me like playing favorites. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm sure he's great. I'm sure he's a, a good father, a good husband, whatever. I'm not questioning that. All I'm saying is, if you're going to be doing things like this in the future, you're going to open yourself up for basically the floodgates of comments to ensue. And, and again, I don't think it bothered him. And again, that's not the point. So he won by five. He won by a really large margin. He plays really great golf. He's a great golfer. He's a master's champion. He doesn't have to do this. And that's what's unfortunate about it all for me. All right, so a couple of points I want to hit on based on what you said. So point number one, 
you mentioned that you don't have to call in a rules official if you are claiming an embedded ball. Is that right? You don't have Correct. to call in anybody? You do not. If it is, it is the, um, the player is entitled. These are, these are direct world wordings, uh, wordings, words, whatever wording. The player is entitled to declare his ball embedded. He does not need the consensus of his playing partners and he does not need a rules official to deem the ball embedded. Now, Xander came out and said that he always calls in a rules official. Now that doesn't mean he doesn't check himself. He said, yes, he marks where the ball is. He checks it out. He puts the ball back and he calls an official. That is Xander's prerogative. If that's how Xander wants to operate, that's fine. The thing is how Rory McIlroy handled it on 18 by asking Rory Sabatini, who was about five yards at, in front of him on the fairway. Hey, Rory, I think I have an embedded ball. I'm going to take relief. And Rory giving Rory the okay. That is also copacetic. You do not need a rules official to, to help you at all. Okay. So based off of that, wise guy comment here, I could in theory on the PGA tour claim every single shot I'm about to hit to be an embedded ball situation, pick it up, put it down as I please. I mean, in theory, I could do that. You wouldn't because if you're on the PGA tour, you have some semblance of integrity and I actually really liked what I believe, I wanna say it was Lonto. I wanna say Lonto Griffin said this and it really made me a fan of him. He said nine times out of 10, if something is in question, i.e. embedded ball, and I'm going to get a better lie by taking relief, nine times out of 10, I don't want it. That is, that's some character right, right there. And Rory kind of said the same thing. He referenced the PGA when he got relief and he was uncomfortable with the lie that he got when he took relief because it was much better. So these guys are very honest in the game of golf. And I think that that's great. And I think that overwhelmingly that is the case. So yes, what you said, sure. You could go out there and be like, Oh, this ball's embedded. Right. It rained yesterday. Every ball, they're all embedded. <laughs> so sure. perhaps we bring this to a broader discussion, Bridget, about maybe we are relying too much on the individual in the game of golf. I was thinking about this earlier today. It is so much easier to cheat in golf than any other sport because it's you and the ball, and it's not like you're amongst teammates or anything like that. I could use a foot wedge here, and I'm not talking about the PGA Tour. I'm talking about, you know, amateur tour anything like that where it is just so not saying that people do it all the time but it is so much easier to cheat in golf and so i guess the question becomes do we need to have more oversight on this and so you want to look forward here as you were talking about earlier do there have to be changes i don't know will there have to be a required official to come up to every single ball i'm not saying we're going to see drastic changes out of this incident but it is worth noting because by the way bridget after patrick reed hit that final putt on 18 jim nance and nick faldo were silent i watched the clip for about i think three minutes they didn't say anything and nance is known for his you know big dramatic final one-liner after somebody hits the winning putt so clearly this ruffled some feathers in the golfing world, uh, needless to say. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a little sad. Um, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it. I just think that 
And I do think that CBS handled it very well. I did not like how after we had, again, a coverage gap, which we were promised that we weren't going to have, or maybe <laughs> that doesn't come into effect until next year. I don't know. But we came back. It was 35 minutes late. And now you're going to spend like 12 minutes talking about this. Like, I need a picture in picture. I needed to see golf. I went to Twitter and I was like, let's put in bed gate to bed. Like, I just want to see final round play. Right. So they were definitely harping on this situation and probably for good reason. I know that they're much closer to the situation than I was at home. So I understand that um, from their standpoint, it probably irked them a little more than it did me. Like you, we chatted a little bit on Saturday. I really don't care. I could care less about this. Uh, I, I think Patrick Reed is a stellar player and I wish that he didn't have this shadow over him, but he did it to himself. Um, I thought that that silence by Jim Nance was eh, a little weird, huh? It's a little, uh, I don't know. Like, I understand that. Yeah, there was a lot going on. He overcame adversity. I think Ian Baker Finch said, which made me chuckle. Um, but you know, that, that kind of like lives on forever. Like he won the farmer's insurance open 2021. He's the champion. Like let's move on. He was deemed in the clear, which I, I kind of don't like that when someone is deemed, he did not cheat. He did everything by, you know, the, he did everything textbook is basically, I think verbatim when what Ken Tackett said, um, at that point, you, you have to accept that and be like, okay, I didn't like how it looked, but he didn't cheat. And, and if he did cheat, we have no proof really. And maybe that's unfortunate, but that is, it is what it is. Life's unfortunate, life's unfair. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if, if, uh, if Jim Nance thought twice about that after it had happened, probably not. Do you feel great about doing something like that? I would think not. I always feel bad when I do something like that, but it's his, his prerogative to, uh, call or not call the winning putt, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I just think that, Sometimes we rely too much on the player to make his own decisions in terms of the rules in the game of golf. And I, especially on the professional level, it's just, it leaves too much room to do what you want. And I think Patrick Reed, I don't know, knowingly, maybe not knowingly skirted around that territory a little bit and improved the situation for himself. But yes, in the end, whatever, five shot victory, blah, blah, blah. It is just interesting fodder now. And fair or not, he's going to have this cheating sort of tagline to him for sure going forward. I mean, it was a little rough uh, even before this incident, but now that that is in the rear view mirror, uh, there's going to be a lot more discussion about him as not being a great guy and all this stuff. And yeah, you're, but you're totally right. Like, I agree with that. And I, I totally agree that he played the rules to his favor. He came to that lie immediately asking her, the volunteer, he said, did you see the ball bounce? And she said, I didn't see it bounce. She didn't say, no, it didn't bounce. He came into that situation like, man, I know these conditions are wet. I know this is a gnarly lie. I'm in the rough. Like maybe I could get relief. I do think that that was his thought process. Plausible deniability too. Right. And, and like, whether that's negative or not on him, I really don't know because the way that Rory framed it, I don't think Rory would have came into the situation being 20 feet away from where he thinks his ball had landed asking a volunteer, Hey, did it bounce? Did, did you see it bounce? Like he was very quick 
quick to like get these, get the process of like embedded ball ruling. He was very quick to get them in play. And for sure, I think that optically that uh, for Patrick Reed, that just doesn't bode well. <laughs> so here's the deal. Here's the bottom line. If you are going to call in a rules official, do not touch your ball. And then everything else will sort of fall into place from there. If you're going to move your ball and do your thing, the worst thing that Patrick Reed could have done was to call in the rules official because now you're add adding another layer and more opportunity for discussion about what he should have done. If he just did the drop and moved on, I think we would have been fine, kind of like with the Rory situation. So right. that's kind of where I'm at now, more that we talk about this. Yeah, and, and I, I want to agree with that, but I feel like I'm going to give Patrick a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. And I think that because he didn't know if the ball bounced or not, he just knew, hey, she said the ball didn't bounce. I think that he already was percolating like something might be in question here because none of my playing competitors saw it bounce. I didn't see it bounce. She didn't see it bounce. But I don't know if it didn't bounce. So like in that sense, I think him calling in a rules official was kind of like he was sort of doing his checks and balances. And now whether he sort of made the the pitch mark the break of the the ground a little more so by leaning on it I don't know I'm just saying whether that's the case or not I think by him bringing in the rules official he did kind of try to take a little bit of flack off of himself I think he was covering his butt a little bit well you know what at the end of the day you sure hope that everybody has a good conscience in this world and if Patrick Reed thinks he did everything absolutely right and it seems like he does Right. And who are we to say at the end of the day? But anywho, it is an interesting topic for the golfing world out there. So there you have it. Patrick Reed wins the Farmers Insurance Open. We're going to talk about a little news out of the USGA. But first, a word from our friends. Okay, Bridget. So the USGA and the RNA announced today... They plan to combat the distance problem in professional golf. Three proposed changes to equipment rules and testing standards, as well as six other, quote, areas of interest that would result in shorter hitting distances. Uh, shaft length is one example. Bridget, you work with the USGA. What did you think about this announcement today? Yeah, I think it was a long time coming. Um, I think from a sustainability standpoint, it's great. And... I think that addressing these things, like from an equipment testing standpoint, protocols, standards, distance limits, whatever, it has to happen. Um, it's just, you know, we only have so much land. And I know that people like to play the architectural standpoint. We're like, let's get more dog legs or let's do this or, or trees and you know, all this other stuff. And, and that's good too. Um, but I do think that some equipment changes do need to be made. All right. So that was just an announcement of things to come, right? Obviously nothing official or cemented or anything like that. Yeah. So basically it's some proposed equipment standard changes, standards changes, and um, it's like research topics, areas of interest. And so there'll be more to come in the next few months, uh, definitely by the end of this year, for sure. But now there's time for discussion to happen, for basically comments to be added to the discussion, and uh, a full report will be uh, will be given. <laughs> there you go, coming very very soon.
and Bridget will have all the deets right here on this show. So we look forward to that. Let's look back real quick about our performances at the Farmers Insurance Open. Bridget, nice performance. Ooh, yeah. Xander Shoffley, T2 finish. So her lead is up to $800,000 extended after this tournament. I picked Rory McIlroy, T16 finish. It probably should have been better, but classic Rory on the weekend. You know how that goes. So Bridget remains in the lead. Plenty of golf to be played here. It's only February, and we have the Waste Management Phoenix Open this week. Typically a raucous environment, only 5,000 fans per day. So, Bridget, I mean, it's nice that we're getting some fandom there this week. Yeah, I think that it would be weird to have this totally barren, totally empty, especially, uh, man, I mean. Have you been to this, the by stadium? the way? I am not. I never really had any appeal to go to this. I got to be honest. It, the vibe is not my vibe. For those who know me, this isn't really, a, I'm not like the party scene type girl. And I feel like this is a nightclub environment. This isn't a PGA Tour event. <laughs> There's people playing golf, sure. But I think the crux of this event is a nightclub. And then, you know, some people hitting a ball is, uh, is like- That's the, the sideshow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but the stadium course empty, uh, I think that would have been weird, especially on the 16th. I mean, I don't even know, like, that hole is so boring. The only thing that makes it not boring is all the people. And maybe that's, like, uh, not a well-received opinion. Uh, I really don't think there's much about it's that hole. It's a straight than... shot par three, yeah. Yeah, and there's, like, literally a desert in the middle of the hole i always found that so weird yeah not like you're hitting into that area you're trying to hit the green but just like visually i'm like hmm, that's it's interesting <laughs> so that's uh my pov we'll have some smattering of claps this week but obviously not like the 200,000 strong that we are used to at this tournament but still it should be a fun week a lot of star players are in the field mcelroy justin thomas back on the tour this week he should be uh, in fine form you would think his iron game is fantastic right now brooks kepka is playing fresh off a couple of missed cuts in his recent appearances we'll see what he does hideki matsuyama the two-time champion here so a lot of intrigue about this event you usually reveal who you're going with at the beginning of the show or during the pre-show, Bridget, but I didn't hear a peep out of you. Who are you going with this week? So I, I wanted to go with Tony Finau this week. And on Friday, I checked the field and saw he, was, he wasn't in it. He was missing. He is teeing it up in Saudi Arabia this week. Right. Who knew? Not me. Was totally going to go with him. And maybe like the golf gods saved me a little bit. I want to go with Justin Thomas this week. I don't know who you're going with. I am not going with Justin Thomas. So if you want to pick him, okay. go ahead. And the reason that I want to go with him is he sent out a tweet last night and he is in a good freaking mood. He is not dampened anymore about the, um, the incident that I don't have to talk about because I think that it was talked about enough. And we all he know. Is that. Yeah, we all know. It's fine. People make mistakes. He's a good person. Um, he is over that. He is positive. He got so many nice affirmative comments. And I know this is so stupid to go off a tweet, but he's also be, been playing really well lately. And I think he's back in America, back on home soil. He's feeling good. 
film with Justin Thomas. Also, I just love him and I would like to see him win. It's so fun to root for him anyway. So might as well just make him my pick. You know, just for fun, I did like click into the Facebook postings by some of the golf media sites about this story, the JT story from the start. And just to see the comments, it was basically 100%. Everybody's like, why are you reporting this? Why are you reporting this? He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Second chances, blah, blah, blah. I did not see anything really of anybody saying he's a horrible person or anything like that. So it seems like everybody's on the same page. Besides Ralph. What's that? (laughs) Besides Ralph Lauren. <laughs> yes, that is very true. Ralph Lauren wasn't about it. But anyway, Bridget, you're going with uh, Justin Thomas this week. Totally good pick. I am going with a bit of an outsider, Sunjay M. You picked him earlier this year, Bridget. I'm going with him this week. He's made nine of his last 10 cuts. He ranked sixth in birdies last week. This is going to be a birdie fest, ladies and gentlemen. So expect a lot of low scoring t7 here in 2019 driving really isn't that important it's all about the iron game at this course tpc scottsdale so give me a little sunjay the road warrior that he is on the pga tour playing every single week i don't think you can call him an outsider anymore yeah maybe not pga tour rookie of the year a couple years ago yeah he is he's something i think that's a good pick and i honestly think he he will play really well here so i like that pick I'm just trying to get close to you, Bridget. Crying out loud, $800,000. I guess in a way, you miss a cut, I get a win, and then boom, I'm back. But still, I need to cut into this deficit. It's not going to happen. He's 22 years old. I just can't get over that. He's 22 years old. Yeah. What? That's wild. I was still in college. What? By the way, watch out for Will Zalatoris this week, by the way. I mean, he's playing really good golf. So Get a really good shot that's that's i could give him that that shot was like bad ass yeah. yeah very very good the sound that sound is like one of my favorite sounds like a good hit of a ball with a big club oh it's so nice pure shots yeah he brings it his iron <laughs> game is really good will zalatoris asmr <laughs> there you go So watch out for him this week, ladies and gentlemen. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Tiger Woods Show right here on the Believe Network. Thank you to betonline.ag for sponsoring the program. And Bridget and I will talk to you guys next week. Next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.